Sure. That was like the first one. It's like, oh, I'm laying in a floor for five months. <laughs> <laughs> like, what have mistake. I done with my life? You know, <laughs> that kind of thing. <laughs> This is, this was a mistake. I'm Josh. I'm Martha Ellen. I'm Shelby. And today we're joined by... Josh Pridgen. And... And Claire Bishop. Back again. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're our first repeat. <gasps> you definitely nice. are. <laughs> Whoa. Nice. I'm in. Groundbreaking. Yeah. But She's just here for moral support. Yes, because Josh is my friend, so yeah. he's my husband's bestie. So I came for moral support because he doesn't know anyone here. <laughs> <laughs> he knows me. No he knows my sister. But yeah. yeah, it's true. Anyway. Well, welcome. We're happy to have you here. Thanks for yeah. having me. Yeah. Really appreciate We're it. We're excited. I'm interested. Big to fan of podcasts. Excited to support one. Nice. Yes. Are you subscribed to you guys? Oh, nice. uh, yeah. Thanks for the subscribe. <laughs> Got that support. I don't think I subscribe. How oh. dare you? What? <laughs> yeah. Speaking of subscribe, if you haven't, just click that. You should yeah. subscribe. Hey, also leave People us a comment. Like, leave us comments. Yeah. yeah. Like, tell us what you think. We've got a five star. We've got multiple five star ratings. Yeah. yeah. Leave that comment. They're probably mostly me. Nice. Hit that subscribe. <laughs> and your mom. Yeah. Your mom. Okay. Josh's mom will listen to the podcast and he will show us her text reviews. They're the best things ever. I literally wait for them <laughs> to yes. come on. So since there's two Joshes on the show, in order to differentiate, we're going to... Call me Pridge. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be OG Josh, original. Yeah. Call him like Josh the host. <laughs> <laughs> the host with the most. <laughs> we'll, call, um, we'll call Josh Pridge. Yeah, that's perfectly fine. Pridge. Yeah. Pridge. Pridge. We'll call our guest yeah. Pridge. Yeah. There it is. There it is. Tell, well, tell us about your whole life. Oh gosh. Okay. <laughs> well, great segue. Where, where you start? Were born, where, where you're from? You okay. No. So where, from, mainly like where you're from and what you do. Yeah, Pelham, Alabama. I live in Las Vegas, Nevada, for the last eight years. I play poker professionally. Um, yeah, that's pretty much what I do. Cool. How does one get into that? <laughs> yeah. So I basically came back from Southern Union. Had uh, ran out of money first mm. year. Uh, went to Jeff State for a semester. Completely ran out of money. Had to get a job. I was a telemarketer Mm. Mm. we all love those so much mistake in this (laughs) Um, so i was there for about two years ended up managing the office and people within this office were into poker and this was like a big boom at the time it was just like all over the place and i would watch them play and not to sound bad but i was like i could probably do that better than them that's kind of how i get into things i watch people do things and i either judge if i could do it better or not art i'm just so far from even being able to touch these people (laughs) anything music creative like that's just not me i my mind does not work that way but sports games stuff like that that's that's where i'm at so started playing there um started researching online i could tell that they were just playing by feel i started like going after like pros and seeing what they were doing Mm -hmm. Started just destroying everyone in the office. Um, from there, started playing an online poker. Did pretty well with that. Um, got a fake ID. Started going to Biloxi. Won't say the name, but I won a decent-sized tournament down there when I was 18 under a fake ID. Had what? to had to coordinate it with my friend that I got an ID from for him to pay taxes on it and all yeah. kinds of stuff. For years after, he's just getting like high-roller suites and stuff in the mail yeah. and whatnot. 
And uh, yeah, I continued to do that up until I was uh, 21 and uh, just formed like another identity. I acted different than I was when I was Josh Pridgen. I was more confident, stood up taller, like just confidence is like an understatement. I was just radiating it because I thought that that would make me seem older. Yeah. Mm. It wasn't insecure, that kind of thing. So whenever I turned 21, these two identities just kind of merged, just kind of brought the humbleness with the confidence and just kind of small town kid from Alabama and away we went and yeah. people one day were like, Hey, Jesse, or, I won't say the last name, but, uh, <laughs> I was just like, uh, actually it's Josh. Yeah. And it was just like, everybody was just like, everybody knew at that moment, really? like, Oh, you've been here for three years. Yeah. Completely just illegally. Yeah. That oh, kind of so thing. Your fake name is Josh. I no, mean, that's Jesse. Jesse. Oh. Whoa. And I had like all types of player cards. That's how they keep up with how much you're playing. So they know how much to give you in free stuff, that kind of deal. Yeah. So I built like an, a whole identity amongst these people. So and did you merge to Josh once you became of age or do you yeah. still plan to Jesse? No, no. Merge to Josh. But the, uh, the identities, like who I was as Jesse merged with who I was as Josh. Because sure. I was just quiet kid from Pelham, Alabama. Yeah. Like nothing special about me whatsoever mm-hmm. you know just very insignificant and yeah those two just kind of merged and tried to take the best from both cool. worlds yeah. so but did you sorry did you get to build on jesse though like or did you have to start all over uh no it just okay it kept from there okay, that's good. where i was and then it just proceeded okay. basically. i was like oh no did you lose everything no no because no, you because <laughs> you kind of build a social standing it's sure. one of these underworlds where everybody knows everyone mm-hmm. it's just it's a big small world as strange as that sounds yeah all the top guys know who the other ones are. You know yeah. who's mid-level, that kind of thing. Have you been on TV? I have. <gasps> cool. <laughs> <laughs> I've like flipped through one of those channels before. Nice. So around <laughs> 21, uh, Black Friday happened. So they basically made online poker illegal. Mm. At this point, I'm pretty much just like a freelance guy. I can pretty much make money from anywhere in the world as long as I have an online connection. Yeah. And uh, they basically made it illegal in the U.S. So it was either moved to Mexico or Canada, which I flirted with both of those or moved to Las Vegas. And I had already planned my wedding in Las Vegas, like was already, like already booked everything up. So while we were out there, I basically just got a lease and we came back the month after we were married and been there ever since. Nice. Yeah. Side story, uh, Anne Claire's husband and father-in-law, we've all been super tight since I was young playing tournament paintball. That's a whole other crazy story. (laughs) But, um, basically uh we've always been super close but as friends you know you fall out for like a year or two you go and do your own things but anytime we were together it was just so tight right back where you were right. so i get a call from pat her father-in-law one day and uh then he calls me i missed the call i was doing something he called me right back so i was like something's wrong you know i answered it and he was like hey tyler and i are going out to vegas next week do you want to go and I've never been to Vegas before. I've only been in Biloxi, Mississippi and Tunica. These are like my two right. stomping grounds, basically. Yeah. So went out there and just destroyed it. And all I saw the whole time I was out there was just opportunity. Like, uh, oh, that's cool. I could really do something with this. Yeah. Like, this is easier than I ever thought it was going to be. Basically, I didn't have the self-confidence yet. I had built up so much but didn't know where I really stood amongst everyone else right. until mm-hmm. I got out there. And out yeah. there in Vegas for poker, it's the NFL, it's the NBA, it's the top of right. that world, basically. Yeah. Yeah. It's where everybody ascends to get to. Yeah. So. so crazy. And you just like went out there and you're like, I could do this. 
and I mean, I make it, I'm a very prudent guy, so mm-hmm. I mean, there was a lot more planning behind it than yeah, that. Yeah, like, yeah, I yeah. saved up two years of basically bills just in case. Mm-hmm. I went flat broke from poker. Mm-hmm. I could pay my bills for the next two years and That's figure okay. out something else. Yeah. 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 So what does your week look like? like? Well, nowadays, the last six months, I've really turned into more of an entrepreneur. I'm really, I'm at my 10th year of doing this professionally. Whoa. Yeah, I'm, well, yeah. 10th year professionally. Yeah. So now I'm really trying to transfer out. I've just, I'm at the end of it, starting to lose my passion, that kind of sure. thing. And 10 years as a professional poker player is a long time, That's, actually. Yeah. It's kind of like, a long time for anything. Yeah. Yeah. So now I've basically just taken that money. I've invested in a lot of businesses around town, just bought a house here. I'm fixing it up and cool. yeah, just hoping to continue that path from now on. That's cool. But you don't ever just stop playing. Like I can yeah. still sit down at the table whenever I want that kind of thing. I'm just starting to lose my passion yeah. and it's just like any other professional sport. Like when you lose your passion, it's just yeah. going from there. Yeah. And I never wanted to be a has been, I never wanted to be someone who made a lot of money for a time period and now they're 35 and broke. Yeah. yeah. That was always my worst fear. So throughout this time, I've just been saving 80 and 90% a year right. where a lot of people wow. are doing well to put back 10%. I just live very prudently Yeah. and I don't live at my actual income, I guess, as you could say. Yeah. yeah. That, I think that's, that's so really wise. smart. And yeah. that's really hard. <laughs> yeah. Especially, yeah. Well, so many people, they make more money and then they change their lifestyle to fit right. that money. Right. I just never changed. Yeah, yeah. That's good. Yeah. So what did your week look like when you were like professionally poker? Okay. So I'd play maybe 25 hours a week, maybe another five hours went to like studying and coaching, that kind of yeah, thing. Basically cool. looking at uh, more experienced players, players that have a highly hourly rate than me. They're playing mm-hmm. at higher stakes than me, really seeing what they're doing. And then you seek these guys out and you get them for, you know, personal coaching. It's quite expensive because mm-hmm. it's normally based off of how much they're making an hour. Yeah. So if they're a thousand hour dollar an hour player, you're paying them that to teach you. Right. So wow. you really just want to be soaking up what you can. But on the other side, you're going to transfer that into money. You're, you know, yeah. you're going to get it you're right back out. It. Yeah. yeah. As long as you're smart and really paying attention and that yeah. kind of thing. So would you go around to casinos and play poker? Oh, yeah. So um, maybe the top four are the Win, the Aria, the Bellagio, and the Venetian. These are probably the top four for poker. Outside of that, almost all the casinos offer it, but it's more small stakes. Mm -hmm. But when you get into those, that's when you're trying to ascend stakes. You're trying to play against the top people in the world. So, Do you have like a go-to game? Uh, I play Texas Hold'em and Potlum in Omaha. Cool. Texas Hold'em is. Never heard of that. Texas, <laughs> I was like, what? Yeah, Texas Sorry, Hold'em is like the most popular Classic, form of yeah. poker all over. Yeah. Potlum in Omaha, you get four cards. It's everything is exactly the same except for you get four cards, and it, that just makes the math go insane. Yeah. Like so. You're so good at math. Yeah, it's probably the only thing in school that I was actually naturally decent at. Everything uh, else, I could do English punctuation pretty well, but everything else, not so much. You know. Okay, I have another question. I'm so interested and intrigued by this. <laughs> That's how I always feel. Like when he comes to town, I'm like. Your life is just so interesting because it's it's so like he's literally from here, like grew up here, went to Pelham. Like we know people from Pelham and now he like lives a completely different world than any of us have ever even experienced. I've never been to Las Vegas. I have no idea what it's what even a normal day like that is like. That's it's how, so weird. <laughs> yeah. I would say the more interesting part, though, is the underworld here in Birmingham, especially back when I still mm. lived here, 18 through 21. It's just have you, any of you ever seen the movie Rounders? Mm hmm. You have? Yeah. It's just like that. Really? That's the most accurate depiction I've ever seen of a movie to something. Really? There's yeah, been several other movies that, you know, try and depict it, 
but there's always like an etiquette thing wrong somewhere and it just cringes an actual poker player out. I was trying to tell Anne Claire, it's like a photographer in a movie, like getting on their elbow and trying to shoot from a crazy angle. Uh It's like, how much is a real photographer doing this? Wait, what's that movie where like the guy's really smart and they like, he like counts. 21. 21. Yeah. 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 That's based off of a real story. That was the MIT blackjack counting team. But that you're playing against the casino and you're trying to defy odds. The casino always has odds on you, so you're just going to lose in the long run. Uh, they found a way to stack it against the casino just by like maybe two to three percent, mm-hmm. which when you're wagering hundreds of thousands of dollars can equate to a, a lot, lot of money. Of money. Yeah. yeah. But what I do is person to person only. Mm-hmm. So I make money by being better than you. That is the only way. If, if you are, if you, yeah, if, you, if you're better than me, then I mean you're going to win over the long term. The crazy part about poker is I can be so much better than everyone else in this room. But if we played right now, you might beat me. Right. We might come back tomorrow. You might beat me again. But over the course of a hundred days, mm. yeah, it's just like the edge just starts kicking in. But yeah. that gives normal people false confidence. False confidence is one of the scariest things in the world because it causes people to wager their lives on things that sure. aren't real. Yeah. Yeah. I've had doctors quit their jobs, lawyers, because no these way. are people that have been so successful in other aspects of their life and mm. have been told they were very smart their whole lives. But when they're matched up against these people who or just have insane IQs, yeah. you really start to figure out who's the smartest one in the room. Right. So poker is all about being smart. It really is. Oh. High IQ is like kind of like being fast in football. Oh, mm. because what is this? Like, I know poker is probably like all strategy. Yes. So what is like the strategy element? Aggression. And mm. everything I've ever done in my life, I mean, it. I could transfer it into everything. Aggression. Huh. Yeah. Just forward moving aggression. Like I'm putting you into spots. I'm not letting you to put me into spots. Uh, Mm -hmm. Sure, sure, sure. Do you wear sunglasses? No. Once again, (laughs) here here is an etiquette thing that will cringe you out. There's no hoods. There's no the the worst part in the past few years is people are so much starting to do it for a profession that they wear the headphones, the table, and what happens is when a tourist comes and they're ready to gamble and have a good time. They want to talk. They want this camaraderie. They want to, you know, BS around the table. But, you know, when you're sitting there with your headphones on, sitting there, not making a face at all, they get waxed one time and then that's the last time they're going to play poker. So that's kind of like destroyed the poker community a bit to now it is very much shark on shark, dog eat dog. It's just like the NFL, the NBA, anything Uh. else. Whereas when I very first started out, I mean, it was almost like free money. If you would put any real work in, you know, versus all these people who were just playing and thought that that was practicing or whatever. I'm talking about if you really researched and figure out what you were supposed to do, correct strategy, you could just hurt people. It felt like, yeah. 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 Uh, are you moving back to Pelham? You say you just bought a house. uh, No, no, no. That's going to be a rental property, Okay, but I am flirting with the idea. I think I'm going to start splitting my time here. Like I'm here for an entire month this time. It's the longest I've ever stayed here. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I'm really looking to start splitting my time because the thing is with Vegas is, Everyone is a shark out there in some way, shape, or form. It doesn't matter if you're a waitress, if you're a dealer, you're a poker player. Everyone is a shark in their own right. Right. The strippers, the hookers, I mean, everyone is after you for something. And I can feel that it is just turning me colder and colder as the Mm. years go on. Yeah. Like I, I I have friends out there, but they're only getting level one me that first layer, you know, I'm not going to tell them anything personal or, you know, stuff like that. So, and all of my, like like, me, 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All my like real close relations, like I I would I start to say family, but just like friends that feel like family are right. here. Yeah, and yeah. Like we literally think of Josh as our brother. Like, for sure. So I really miss that side of everything because out there, I mean, I feel like I've been off at like Iraq or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm just out there fighting and right. And mm-hmm. that just gets old after yeah. a while. So, and I really enjoy it here. I, I love the people in Alabama. Like it, it made me appreciate the people so much. Mm-hmm. Can't stress that enough. Just when everyone you meet is fake, yeah. they're trying to project. They have more money than they have. Everyone's trying to step on someone to get to this next level. And I'm just there with like my head down working hard. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. But it's hard to like oh. clock a bunch of hours. Like I've had weeks, like when I lived here, like in my first three years of doing this professionally, I would clock like 80, 90 hours in a week. Like I have wow. the 36 hour sessions before to where yeah. I was playing Ooh, online yeah. and I couldn't move my head from left to right just from staring forward so long. Dang. But it's like when you're making three, $400 an hour, it's just like, wow. well, I don't want to stop this train right yeah. now. I want to keep <laughs> yeah. it going just in case this isn't here tomorrow. Right. Yeah. So so crazy but as i get older and older i it has to be the passion just dying that i just i play less and less like this year i've clocked like like 100 hours or something like that and it's been a profitable year but i mean i'm starting to do other things with the Mm -hmm. entrepreneurial stuff and i enjoy that more even when i first started i always said that poker is going to be a means to the end end I want that's not what I wanted to do it's what I could do it's just like a talent I fell into right yeah I mean if I had to choose from the beginning I would have owned a business and tried to run that up you know done my best at that but while that you're getting to like do all these things and like because I think a lot of people like want to be I really with me and my husband like really want to start something but like we have a financial bear you know And so, like, that's really cool that you got to do something that sounds pretty fun. Yeah, and live in like a whole different culture. I think everyone needs to be good at something. You need to feel what it's like to be the best at something, even if it's just for that night, for that moment. People need to feel significant. I feel like that's the problem with like most of society is like they haven't found that one thing that they're passionate about or they're really good at. It could be art, it could be music, it could be video games, but find something that you can grab hold of and work towards. I feel like so many people are just trying to do the nine to five, go home, Mm -hmm. go on vacation once a year. Like they're not present in their lives. I feel like, I feel like you just really need to grab something and do it, you know, give it your all. That's good. Is your wife from here? She is. She's from Alabaster. So basically bordering high schools, rival high schools. She went to Thompson. I went to Pelham. Friends of friends met that way. Has she yes. ever been like hesitant at all? With Extremely. And her family yeah. hates it and hates yeah. me because of it and all of this oh. kind of stuff. Oh yeah. All types of stuff there. But she's been put through college. She's now in her career and yes. everything's good. Yeah. You know? People just really don't like what I do for a living. Like yeah. when I lived here, I mean, it was very much viewed as a drug dealer. I mean, yeah. in that same aspect that you would look at someone like that, like right. you told someone they were like, Ugh. Yeah. you know, oh. but there. I kind of acted that way my first year there, but then I realized like that's the rock star of Las Vegas. That's who everybody's trying to be. Mm -hmm. They're the very few people that are actually pulling something from the city other than just losing it into Mm -hmm. it. Yeah. Cause it, that city just drains people. It's just what it's built for. Right. You know? So you're the one person or one type of people that are just existing in this ecosystem. Yeah. You know, it kind of feels like you're outsmarting it instead of throwing it away. Exactly. Yeah, I don't play any other thing than poker. Like, no slots, no yeah. craps, nothing like that. I've never yeah. put a dollar on any of that. 
Really? Yeah. Just when you understand poker and you understand how odds really work and you understand that anytime you do that, the odds are greatly stacked against you. Right. It's just hard. Yeah. It's yeah. just like sitting down against someone that you know is going to beat you in poker. It's just like, I'll find a better spot. Right. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. I want to know more about poker. <laughs> well, ask away. So what exactly <laughs> The person to ask. <laughs> Literally, yeah. Well, something I think yeah. is interesting about poker is that, like, cause my husband Tyler goes and visits him and they'll play because mm-hmm. Tyler's like has the same type of brain as him and they love playing. Very so, much so they play like his job when he was playing was at night. Like you right. start at what time? It doesn't have to be, but that's when I choose it. And most poker players choose because at night that's when people are drinking that's when they're there to have a good time during the day you're going to find what we call the grinders these are the people who are just there just trying to make you know their small hourly rate they're drinking coffee they're very much paying attention it's just a tougher game whereas at night you know you'll get what i like to call freebies and it's just like the frat guys coming in there drunk and they're going to lose a couple thousand dollars and they're just going to leave and these people are going to rotate in and out yeah basically Maybe some of them win a couple thousand, but it's just, like I told you, over a time, it just right. works out. If you look at it on a graph, it looks like a staircase. Uh. It's like you swing up 10,000, you swing down 6,000, you swing up 12. It's just kind of like so that. So you're bidding like high numbers. Uh, at the limits I have been in the past few years, I would say so. Yeah, uh. yeah. It's, it's classified as high stakes. Anything, I would say a $5,000 buy-in and above is high stakes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, people, normal people say, but in the poker world, they're like, eh, I mean, we have what we call nosebleed stakes. And I mean, you're buying in for a million. Yeah. Maybe cool. more. If you ever heard of Dan Bilzerian, I mean, he's had $25 million buying games. My eye, my eye literally twitched. <laughs> yeah, it's just, Holy crap. You get really desensitized to money. And that's why it's so important to me to not change my lifestyle yeah, at all because sure. I see people get lost in it. I mean, I've seen people buy AMG Mercedes and then they can't pay the insurance on it the next month. Yeah, sure. Crazy. Whoa. Yeah. That's crazy. So when you're playing poker mm-hmm. and you're... <laughs> Using your intelligence, your Shelby's going to be a shark by the end of this. <laughs> so, I'm really good at problem out. solving and investigating. Okay. I've learned that through Ooh. my job. I'm just, I'm just, I just You're investigating right now. I really am. Investigate away. Anyways, I don't have a high IQ. Though. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not good at this. Kind of stuff. But I just want to understand. I think a lot of the guests we have here are artists or stuff. I'm just like, I just yeah. want to know like how and why. Yeah. So, anyways, when you're investigating, I mean, (laughs) when you're like playing and you're using your smarts and your strategies, strategies. What are you doing? Like, what are you counting? What like nothing's being counted. I know you're being aggressive, but like, Mm. what? Uh, okay. So what base, makes a good player? Yeah. Ba- base one. in if you read any poker book would be uh, starting hands. Like you're looking for certain hands and they rank percentagely above other hands. Sure. So you're only playing about sense. 10% of your hands. And then when tourists come in, they're playing 80, 90% of the hands. Yeah. And it's just a level that you can't ever keep up. You're going to lose because uh, you're just putting money. You're wagering too much money on hands that are not going to win a large percentage of the time. Uh, like this hand is weaker than 82% of the other hands in the deck sure. that are dealt to random players throughout the table. Sure. So first thing is tight is what they call it, which means you're only playing 10% of the hands. Loose would mean you're playing more hands. Mm -hmm. Second is aggressive. So tight aggressive is kind of the perfect play style. Mm. 
you're waiting, you're picking out the perfect hands, but when you pick them out, you're aggressive. You're really pushing you're like, forward. Yes. And that's how uh, poker got ruled as a non-gambling game through the uh, Department of Justice is cool. it's basically you can make someone with a superior hand fold. Mm, sure. Like I can play such mind games on you that you are now believing I have something else and you fold your hand instead of losing more. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Or and vice versa. When I have a great hand, I can make you believe that I don't have a good hand. So you're maybe pushing backward. You're the aggressor. I'm backpedaling now, making you think that you're pushing me into a corner and then just wham, it's just a complete trap. Dang. That's all very level one, simple. (laughs) If any poker player hears this, they're going to laugh for sure. (laughs) I haven't talked like this in probably 10 years. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because now, like, everyone I'm around are just super savants. Like, they've all got poker podcasts. They talk about hands every week. Yeah, that kind of thing. So it's you're talking about very detailed like yes the small this is basics but even like the basics you're talking about i'm like like if you talked about the details no i know i know (laughs) 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 cool that's awesome let's play some poker right (laughs) the uh the underground games here i guess two years before i moved is right around 19 were held all over town all in pretty much every bar around town they would just be in a corner and it's like no one knew it was happening and the people were making so much money just off of running the games like the way you make money from running a game in poker the way the casino makes money is a percentage out of each pot just gets donated to the casino basically Mm. it's usually 10 percent up to five dollars so five dollars out of each pot comes out so you get 20 hands out in an hour or whatever. It's a hundred dollars they make and Mm. you start multiplying tables and you're making some money. And then the underground games here, because they're illegal gray area, however you want to call it. They're illegal. Yeah. You're not supposed to be They're legal until you start making money off of it Uh, until the house is making money off. But if we wanted to play poker, it's not illegal. No one's making money off of it. A a house has to be hosting it, facilitating it. But every bar in town, everyone up to 80, I mean, it was just, like rounders i go to one play for a little while go to the next one and it was just yeah Hmm. but they was in the crappiest environments you can imagine bar stools fold out tables rickety i've had people Uh, burn me with cigarettes just being drunk and not thinking uh, but i just knew you get so angry but you're like i'm gonna stay here for another hour and i'm gonna have all 400 dollars you have in front of you in front of me like i'm just gonna put up with your drunken self for now but You really learn to just try and be a personable person and, yeah. you know, be nice to everyone. Cool. And then yeah. steal all their money. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> With them cool. trying to steal your money. Yeah, not exactly. steal. Just yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, did you ever get into, like, any fights or stuff? Um, Let me think. Uh, yeah, I've had a lot of close calls. Like, um, second. Wait, before you answer that question, you should tell them the other thing that you're a champion at. Or you used to be in high school. Oh, uh, I mean, but you I, are still I've wrestled and fought for years. That's like my other passion. That's my real MMA. passion. Like if yeah. money didn't matter, that kind of thing, I'd probably just train MMA all day. Boxing, cool. jiu-jitsu. That's so funny that you said boxing because 
whenever she was talking about like maybe you being a, on our show, I was like, oh, that's so exciting. And I was telling everyone like, we have a professional boxer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then I reread Wait, the text. Message. She, <laughs> she, she said poker player. Great. <laughs> you just like thought it was boxing. I just registered boxer. Yeah, yeah. And that's then I so read funny. it again like the other day, just like the scene more about it whenever like you confirmed. Yeah, and I was yeah. like, oh, a poker player. Cool. Even cooler. <laughs> Little yeah. did you know. The only problem with boxing is CTE is like a real thing. Yeah. It is so real. So I really don't spar that much nowadays. Smart. I mostly just train. Concussion. It's concussions. Yeah. Uh, they figured out that you don't have to have a full crazy. concussion to get real serious brain injury. Like uh. football players, you know, each down, just bam, bam, bam. Even though they're fine, they keep going. That rocking your head back and forth oh. is serious. I mean, uh. so many of them are just out of it in their 40s. Oh, yeah, and boxers is even worse, you can imagine. Yeah. yeah. So mostly nowadays I do Brazilian jiu-jitsu more. It's more like wrestling. That's more of my roots, and there's less injury in it. Cool. Especially I have to do with my head. Cool. So yeah. all that to say, if you ever did get in a fight, he had some the skills. I don't actually even know the answer to that question. I just figure that if you did get in a fight, you probably won. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> you don't yeah okay cool so you almost got in some fights uh yeah i mean i'm trying to think we had like a scheduled mma fight one time for twenty five thousand against a complete whale and we rented out extreme couture and went up there and this guy just completely no showed we had like poker players galore up there there was probably 200k in this gym just in cash of people like basically brought it up there to wager on all of this and this guy never showed and he was kind of a big deal in the poker community and we have not seen him since like i sent all of his texts out to pretty much the entire poker community because of oh i'm gonna be there this time all of the shit talking he was doing all this kind of stuff because everybody was there the day before when it happened at venetian like we almost got in a fist fight in the middle of the room and i pretty much got into it by defending one of my friends who's like really passive and this guy was just being a bully straight up bully and i'm so against that and someone's bigger and they're just pushing someone that's just smaller than them and maybe not even smaller just because they know they're passive and they're not going to push back like i mean i'm the person i like to intervene in those points yeah that's the only time you see me getting any altercation and claire will tell you like i I really like to be as laid back as possible i can tell yeah Yeah. really chill i was just thinking like because money is involved i feel Mm -hmm. like so much people get heated but it's it's important for you as a professional just keep your cool like anytime i win a massive pot like it sounds really pretentious but just (laughs) when you've outwitted someone i mean you want to just pump your arms yes like everything i've practiced worked for it's culminating but i just drag the pot in i don't even smile stack it up Mm. and when they beat me out of a hand i tell them nice hand sir yeah. Nice hand, ma'am. Uh-huh. Thank you. That kind of thing. And oh, women. Cool. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Women <laughs> all over like, the place. Yeah, yeah. Suck it. <laughs> yeah. I would be the worst. Well, when you think of poker, I think of like, it being a male-dominated sport. It is for the most part. And uh, there are people who disagree with me on this, but I think the reason why it and fighting are dominated by males is the testosterone has something to do with it. That sure. I spoke earlier about aggression. Yeah. I feel like aggression comes naturally from having a lot of testosterone. Sure. I mean, But that is part of it because I feel like, I have no idea, but people could be really bad at a game like poker if they can't control something sure. like that. This is called a it's a tilt, game. You get upset. And this is the most dangerous thing for a poker player. If you mm. What's it called? It's called tilt. tilt. Oh, and tilt. it is basically where you start making decisions based off of emotions rather than uh, strategy and real yeah. thought out. Sure. Yeah. 
So, Ooh, interesting. which is very easy to do. I mean, sometimes yeah. you can be sitting there and just the worst player at the table is just drumming you, yeah. speeding you hand after hand. And you know, in your mind of you've done everything right. You got in an 80% favorite and he just luck in quotation marks. Mm-hmm. He hit a 20%, right. which isn't luck. It's real statistics. These <laughs> things happen. You can't yeah. win 80%, hundred percent of the time. Right. And, uh, it can get very frustrating. So in these points you can go on tilt and you start loosening up as i talked about earlier and you start playing more hands than you should because you're trying to fight back and before you know it you're just in a whirlwind of losing that's why women don't play yeah (laughs) i mean women are actually far less likely to go on tilt actually and once again i think that has something to do with the testosterone Mm. i really think it does It's taught me a lot of emotional intelligence, just learning how to control everything. Like, I mean, there's been points in my life I was just like, you know, if I got cancer right now, it would be bad. But I would look at it as I'm a human being. I take these percentage chances living this life. Mm -hmm. Certain amount of percentage of people get cancer. So, I mean, I... I know, and say if my car breaks down or something like I look at it in a very percentage objective way. Mm, I'm not like, right. why is this happening to me? My life yeah. is so terrible. Yeah. I'm just like, this happens yeah. this amount yes. of time. And, right. and sometimes it happens more to someone. And this yeah. is called variance. Yeah. This is when mm-hmm. it happens a little bit more than it should percentagely. But sure. these things work themselves out over a lifetime, the yeah. long distance, as we call it, the long term. Yeah. I mean, there's been many of times in downswings, and this is basically when you're getting hit with variance. So I was talking about how you'll swing up so much and you'll swing down. Like sometimes you swing down farther than you were expecting. Yeah. And this ha- it's just variance. It's the way it happens. Yeah. Right. And in some of these, you see people just lose their minds, yeah. like absolute minds. Like, cause you don't know what you're doing wrong. You could be doing everything correct, but it's just the way statistics work, you know, but eventually if you continue to make correct decisions, stay the steady path. I mean, I could show you graphs spread out over six years and stuff. And it's just like, Oh, right here. I lost 60 grand, but then boof, it's just like an upward hill coming right behind it. And and in those downswings, I mean, I've been like, Oh, I've only got X amount of money left now. Like maybe I should just put it all away and just go back to college and just not work the whole time Mm. and, you know, get in another career. Like I can't tell you how many careers I've looked into in these downswings and be like, maybe I should just take all the money and just go and open up a business near, you know, whatever. But every time, I mean, I just end up coming right back out of it how I should. And like I said, it ends up looking like a staircase. Like if you really looked at it on a grand scale, you're still so far above what you started yeah Yeah, exactly exactly and i really need that visual sometimes to kind of keep it in perspective right like when you finish playing or i don't know if you like officially finished or whatever Mm -hmm. but like you know the last few months Mm -hmm. before that were you on and up Yes, I was pretty much destroying this year, which I know that a lot of my poker and, you know, you're not going to share these things with your poker friends. You're not going to tell them how you're doing financially, that kind of thing. But I know for a fact that the poker players that aren't close to me, they're going to think that I got crushed and I basically went extinct because that's what Mm -hmm. happens. You either evolve or you go extinct Mm -hmm. in this game and the game is changing rapidly. People are getting so good since the Internet came along and you can play online poker. You can be online. You can play poker hundreds of times faster than you can live because live you can play one hand at a time online i can play like 12 tables pretty efficiently and if you don't have a dealer splitting up all the chips you know you have a computer doing everything so hands are very fast so is it so illegal 
Uh, yes, it's starting so, to get legalized. It got legalized in Nevada, in New Jersey, and I think Delaware, but it's intrastate, which means that, let's say if we're in Nevada playing, yeah, you can only play against people in Nevada, which causes for a very tough player pool. Yeah. Yeah. The only players that are there playing are people like myself. That you're already playing with in the casinos. Exactly. And they're yeah. normally just wizards at online poker Ooh. at that specific mm-hmm. thing, you yeah. know, because poker is just like anything else. Like you become a specialist at certain parts mine Mm. was no limit hold'em cash games and pot limit omaha cash games specifically most people what they know about poker is the public are tournaments because that's what gets put on tv but what the public doesn't know are most people who win tournaments are one-hit wonders they're there they make a million or two whatever it is the main event every year you win eight to ten million then you just never hear or see these people again. Sure. Yeah. They, they take the money and they live off the... No, no. They um, continue and it's not so good. Oh, Lily Most of them end up know. broke. IRS after them. Wow. Pawning stuff. Like, it's incredible how much money people have lost on this false confidence we speak yeah, of. Right. Because even a complete nobody can win the biggest poker tournament in the world. It happened in 2003. A guy named Chris Moneymaker. He was an accountant from Nashville, Tennessee. He wins a... Okay, we have these things called satellites, and it's a poker tournament, but instead of winning money, you win a entry into a bigger tournament. Mm. So if you don't want to put up the ten grand for the World Series of Poker... You can play in this $100 tournament and the first place prize is $10,000 or the seat, I should say. You don't get the money. It's just the seat. So he wins one of these and he goes and he ends up winning it that year for $2.5 million and basically showed the poker stars, which is the biggest poker site in the world. They basically ran with it marketing wise. They pushed this guy that this accountant from Tennessee, his last name just happens to be Moneymaker. That is his actual last last name. (laughs) Yes. It couldn't be any more beautiful. This guy has won the biggest tournament in the world. This guy has done nothing since and has played every year, everything to the point that his wife said, you can only play what you're contractually obligated to do. Cause you know, he got sponsored by poker stars and they put you in tournaments, but he proceeded to lose all of that back. Mm. I mean, I've seen him playing in the smallest limits in Tunica, Mississippi. Every time I'm there, the the $300 buy-in, the $500 buy-in, which is kind of where poker starts. Yeah. Yeah. It's really sad, but he's still around because he's still, who he is, he he created this for all of us. Like, I'm so appreciated for this guy because if that miracle didn't happen, then I'm yeah. probably not here. That boom didn't happen. Mm-hmm. I don't see the people in the office. Like, sure. Yeah. yeah. Oh, he changed wow. it for Thanks, the poker Money world. Maker? Absolutely. Thank you so Shout much. <laughs> yeah. There's been so many people who've had great careers in poker and they all dedicate it to him. Yeah. Not that crazy. he's done anything for them, you know, specifically, right. directly, right. Just for the indirectly. Poker. I mean, our yeah. world is so huge. You just just thanks that door. to him. Because yeah. mm-hmm. uh, average Joe. Average, complete average Joe. He's not a professional. He was One, just an accountant dicking around online. <laughs> yeah. Just like that. Cool. So is there is there the dark web where you can go play? Uh, no, dark web doesn't really... Um, crossover into this world yeah there are what we call offshore accounts and they are based in europe and costa rica and basically offshores but they are a bit shady um there have been quite a few that let's say they might have a hundred million dollars in funds Mm -hmm. from players of all of us depositing and they just disappear Mm. just off into nothingness every person who had a dollar on there it's just gone Yeah, yeah. So 
I basically have limits that I don't like to keep so much on these sites. I still play on them, of course, but I only keep a certain amount of my total net worth on there. Like this is an amount that if they go away, whatever, I'm willing to lose. Yeah, that's smart. But those are actually better than the legitimate sites for whatever reason. I don't know why. Yeah, yeah. I think it's because more professional, the legitimate professionals that are living outside of the country and they're still able to play online, they would rather play with someone that's like, you know, licensed, insured, bonded. Like if something happens, there's someone you can go after because full tilt, basically, uh, they were the second biggest site in the world. And this is right before it, they're pretty much what made it all go illegal. And they were running a giant Ponzi scheme. Mm. So basically, when it all went illegal, at that point, the sites have to give everyone their money back because no one can play on your site illegally. And they owed $150 million in player oh funds. And I think they had like 20 Whoa. maybe less. So Department of Justice goes after them, shuts them down. After years, and I waited like, I think four years to get paid or something like that. Like I'd already wow. moved to Vegas and all this kind of stuff. Poker Stars comes through to save the poker world and take this black eye off of the mark and says, we'll buy Full Tilt. But the DOJ made them pay back every bit of their debt, $150 million. Uh, Yes. And then you got it. Yeah, yeah, I got it back. Got a check in the mail. Yeah, 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 it was cool. At that point, I mean, it was written off. It was gone. So it wasn't that big a deal. But it was cool getting that check. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. A little found money. Yeah. (laughs) That's always really nice when you're like, oh, I need this. And then it finally comes in. And you're like, yes. Definitely. I have yes. 50 cents in it's my like bank account. It's like finding like a $20 bill in your pocket, except way bigger. Yes. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> I mean, that check was for $20, right? Yeah, pretty Obviously. close. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take the over. Times multiple. Yeah. yeah. So you said that you now are investing in businesses. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't like to talk too much about them. I'm just okay. a private partner in gotcha. most of them. Mm-hmm. Cool. Just a couple things around town. Most of them you would know. I just, yeah. I'm always afraid of someone figuring out what I'm investing in and for whatever reason they don't like me or whatever. And then they just attack Yelp reviews yeah. or Better Business Bureau. So yeah. I just keep these things anonymous Start as possible. Smart. But what I'm really wanting to attack over the next 10 years is rental properties. I'm mm-hmm. really wanting to start buying houses fixing them up and then instead of selling them, just renting them out. And then in 10 years, hopefully I have enough that, you know, we'll just retire off of that money. Yeah. That's kind of my goal right now. He wants to retire by 40. Isn't that dope? Just turned 30. So over the next 10 years, I want to buy about a house a year and then hopefully at the end of it, yeah, retire. That would be cool. That would be nice. (laughs) Personal finance has really been a hobby of mine since I was like 14 years old, like always been into saving, always been into investing, like always read the money section of the newspaper, that kind of thing. So I always thought if I was just perfect with my credit, you know, when it came time that would carry me, but turns out you need proof of income. So we went through like a two year process of trying to get a house. It's the most outrageous thing ever with the credit score that I have. They just will not even consider you. Right. You know, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. So I basically ended up buying a house in cash oh, and gosh. went from there. Yeah. But I had to wait a little bit longer because basically in poker, what determines how high you are as far as like getting promoted, that kind of thing is the size of your bankroll because you typically don't want to play with more than 1% of your bankroll at a time. Yeah. So 
to do that, you need to grow your bankroll right. and that's how you mm. go up limits. This is to do it in an effective manner. If you want to do it aggressively and play with, you know, 20% of your bankroll. Sure. But those guys go broke every single day, right. yeah. five times losing you're out. There are times where I go 12 times losing just everything, you know? Yeah. And when it's 1%, it's manageable. Right. Cause like I explained that upswing is coming. Yeah. But yeah. if you have five times and you're out, you don't have a chance for that upswing. Right. So. It's so crazy. It's such a different world. Like, I don't know. It's that. There's so many other worlds that cross over into it too. Like, especially when you're playing like in the underground games here, I mean, drugs, organized gambling. Like, I mean, it's just everywhere. Yeah. It just, I don't know why it just culminates right with it. So like I've rubbed shoulders with people who have such crazy stories compared to mine, like gun runners, like people running these like crazy house buying scams. Like back when Obama was in office, you could get like 22,000 per for a new house buyer that kind of thing and i knew a guy who had like bought and sold over 200 homes and claimed it on every one of them and he knew and he knew he was going to prison like it was just a matter they had about two years before they were going to be on him his lawyers were like getting continuances this kind of thing so he was just splashing in the poker world for about a year in here in birmingham and it's just like you would get the text and you'd be like such and such is here and you're just jetting down there (laughs) like you're calling in let me get my seat now because he bit bit high um, he was just not a good poker player <laughs> and, he had, and he had a lot of money to lose right, right, right. and he knew that he was going to prison. Like he knew it. He had he already told it. He was just living his best life. Hey. Wow. Gosh, why would you do that? Like you have a bunch of money, but then you live yeah. in prison. But he made it in an illegitimate way, in a way that's on paper where you are going to jail for a long time right. because of how easy it is to prove your crime. Yeah. That's why federal prison, you serve out a hundred percent of your sentence. Whereas other ones, you can kill someone, get a 20 year sentence and get out in 10 yeah. on good behavior because it's so much less likely if it's just like, well, I, I saw them there, you know, they kind of push it on yeah. you. It's totally different if they see Martha Ellen transferred these funds into this account. <laughs> yeah. There's no doubt on who did this. Like Classic Martha yeah. Ellen. Yes. <laughs> Nobody like being transferred to any accounts, including my own. Right. <laughs> so mistakes. Yeah. In January, I was starting to lift heavy weights and without really warming up or anything, I went in there and started deadlifting. And I've never been a guy to like max. I always just like to... You know, stay in shape, stay strong, but I've never been like, oh, I can bench 350. I've never been that guy. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I was just, I was getting really good at deadlifts and I was just kind of curious, like, hey, what can we do? So I went in there, started warming up like 225, then went up to like 300 mm-hmm. and then went to 405, picked it up Jeez. fine. I'm like, okay, let's see what we can do here. So went one, went two, and I think on the third one, my back arched a little bit. I didn't have a power belt on. I mean, I went in there just raw, picking it up yeah. without really getting warm or anything. Felt fine for the rest of the day. Woke up the next morning, couldn't walk. Oh, gosh. Yeah, yeah. So um, that was in January. I spent three months on my floor. I got x-rays, all this good stuff. But they basically x-ray you and say, there are no broken bones. There's nothing we can do to you, yeah. do for you. So they send me to physical therapy. I do that for three months. It's excruciating. I'm just in chronic pain every day. In Jeez. Vegas, they're really tough on medications, too. If you do not have a broken bone, they're not giving you anything over sure. ibuprofen. Right. And I mean, this is the first time in my life I've been like, I need pain medicine. I'm hurting. Like, I'm just laying in my floor day after day. And the whole time I'm just thinking like, 
what if this happens to an average person? Right. Yeah. Like, are you just missing four months of work? Like, who's paying your rent? Like, what yeah. does a normal person do in this situation? Yeah. But I'm just now, like, fully recovered, getting back into MMA, like, completely mobile again. I'm shedding some of the weight that I lost during that period, trying to grow back some of the muscle, the atrophied, because yeah. you're just laying in the floor all day. It's not getting Jeez. a whole lot of work. But right. three months in, they finally okay my MRI. They would not... Um, okay it through that whole time until I got through like six weeks of physical therapy. They do it. I've ripped uh, three discs in my back. I had a, I cannot, it started with an A. It's a nerve that goes down your spine. That one was compressed. I had two discs that were bulged. So I legitimately did something there that day, but completely fine now. But at that point when they say, okay, this is what's wrong with you. It's been three months. If you break your arm, it's going to heal in two or something. So I'm already like starting to move around a little bit and feel better, but I've made a full recovery now. I'm completely good. Nice. Yeah, yeah. I just imagine you laying on the floor with like your computer on your chest, like playing. <laughs> well, kind of, kind of. And I invested, I got like a walking desk and like all this other wow. stuff to like really, you know, try and change my lifestyle, whatever I was doing wrong, trying to help it. Cause I mean, I was just in chronic pain every day. I mean, just, I was starting to get angry, like mm-hmm. that kind of thing. I'm normally like a very like positive person and stuff, but day after day in pain, like I was starting to get a little snippy. Yeah. yeah. You know, a little, little, little snippy. Little, little short, <laughs> if you know what I mean. <laughs> but yeah, I would just lay on the floor and I would tuck pillows under certain parts of my back and it's like this is the only way I can lay that I'm not hurting. Yeah. Ordered postmates every day. It was stupid. <laughs> oh my God. So no, that was postmates. a giant mis- you, you don't know, know what postmates is? is? It's all over How the world. Do you not know that? It's like food delivery, like Uber uh, Eats. It's, uh, it's like but they'll deliver more. anything. Like if you uh, want if you're hungover and you want Gatorade and ibuprofen, they'll bring it to your door. But I got better for right at the start of the World Series of Poker. And I'm just thinking, hey, I'm like making prop bets. Proposition bets are a big thing in the poker world. This is basically, Josh, I'm going to bet you that you can't do 20 push-ups right now. And you're like, oh, I bet you I can. So we wager 100 bucks or whatever it is, and away we go. So I started uh, making all these prop bets like, oh, I'm going to play two hours, 200 hours in a month and all this kind of stuff. And I played maybe nine times during the World Series of Poker, maybe four four hours each, and yeah. did well. I mean, plenty to pay off my prop bets, but uh, yeah, I could feel it right there. I was mm. like, this this is the World Series of Poker in Las Vegas is my favorite place to be in the entire world and time. Mm. The city comes alive. It has something to do with the tourists coming in for the summer, mm. all these poker players coming in from all over the world because this is the biggest tournament in the world. It's tournament series. Mm. It's not just one tournament. It goes on for almost a month and a half. Wow. So every day it's just usually my income would go up like three X during that period. Wow. Just like my normally hourly rate, just from just a flux of right. all walks of life. Yeah. So many people come out there just to say that they play during yeah. you know, it's just a, you know. I know some people that come out and play the the main event every year. They just save up for it. Normal working guys, but yeah. that's what they like doing. That's their ten K swing it at all, you wow. know, once a year, that kind of thing. <laughs> But, um, yeah, I could really tell right there. I was like, I'm probably not going to be in this much longer. And it's, it sounds dumb when poker players are like, okay, I'm officially retiring because at any second you can just sit back down and continue playing. Mm -hmm. So I'm not saying that at all, but I am kind of officially going on to other things. Yeah. Yeah. I love that though. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. It's hard for a lot of people to understand because they're like, well, if you're making money, why would you quit? You right. know, and it's just, I, I promise. I'm just like, I'm losing my passion. Your that's emotional f- health is just as important as mm. like your financial health. Yes. And if you are not emotionally happy with what you're doing, then the, I think the financial side will follow suit where you're not putting as f- putting forth as much effort. And then you start realizing like, oh, I should probably start doing something else. Yeah. And like Las Vegas as a whole, like I said earlier, is kind of. I still love the city. There's so much to do. 
you know, is the cost of living is cheap in comparison to living in a big city. Mm-hmm. L.A. that's three and a half hours from us, which I love, is three x the rent. I mean, right. a four hundred yeah. square foot apartment in a bad side of town is like two k a month. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it's expensive, but so I really like living there. But at the same time, like I really miss the people here. And as I was saying, like I really do think there's something about like growing cold. Yeah. As you get older, like I'm not wanting to end up like one of these angry New Yorkers or Bostonians. Like I really like who I was originally and I would like to, you know, keep some of that. And I feel like I lose some every year. Like maybe my empathy goes away a little bit, Mm -hmm. maybe for just certain things. Like you just grow colder. Yeah. Jaded. Yeah. It's just shark on shark out there. You're so protected at all times. Like I don't trust anyone. You don't open up to anyone. And these are emotions that you need to live as a yeah. person. That's how you're designed. I think. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And that's what I personally like doing. I like connecting with people. I like meeting right. new people. Yeah. I like sharing stories. I like delving into what makes you, you, yeah. Yeah. you know, that's, I mean, if I could have done anything, I would have been some type of psychologist or psychiatrist. Yeah. I really think that is my real calling. You, when you retire at 40, you can just go study. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> it's like, that's yeah. not the point of retiring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Retiring is, yeah. I feel like a lot of people, like, when they retire, they just get bored and they end yeah. up just Some people do. I, yeah, I don't think it was... I would still work toward other things. Like, I'll probably go deeper in MMA, you know, try and go go up the belt system, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. I really like that. To get to a black belt in that, you need to commit about 12 years. Oh. Yeah, it's not like karate where you can go and get one at the YMCA in six months or yeah. whatever. It's if someone tells you they're a black belt in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, like they're a surgeon in that. Yeah. yeah, like there's no chance you will ever beat them in a fight. You might as well just not try. Yeah, yeah. It's not like poker where there's variance. Like right. they're gonna win a hundred percent of the time, <laughs> and that's why there's no you know big money Brazilian Jiu Jitsu people. Yeah. You know, it's because people aren't willing to right. wager money. Again. Yeah, no yeah, yeah exactly. This is also the same reason why there's no big money in chess. Chess yeah. is the exact same way. If you're a superior player, you're going to win 100% of the time. Right. So there's not big money chess matches out there. Yeah, because there are no real odds there. You know how to play the game. Yeah. yeah. You know, you've studied this much longer than me. You know all of these moves. Right. You're just going to overwhelm me time after time. So I'm never going to put up a significant amount of money to play you. Right. Is there anything you want to plug? Uh, no, I'm super low key. I you don't, don't have like an to... Instagram. I do have an Instagram. Oh, I was it's, trying to find it. Can it's Pridge Duh Fridge. What? Pridge Duh Fridge. fridge. Yeah. It's been my handle since I was like in the seventh grade. <laughs> Cute. Followed wrestling and everything <laughs> yeah. else. So <laughs> whatever. Fridge. That's what happens when you're 220 and you're 13 years old. <laughs> I pretty much the was, I was this size when I was like 14 years old and I just wow. never got bigger. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, yeah. that's not funny, but it's funny. No, it's true. <laughs> it <is funny. laughs> it's impressive. It's yeah. like a I quick, guess. Yeah. I mean, it's just like spurt. I never really hit a growth spurt. I was just this big. Like you can see in all of my class pictures, I'm always the biggest person. Yeah. And then like maybe sophomore year, people started hitting growth spurts and people right. got taller. And yeah. then I'm just a normal person. Yeah. Josh, we really appreciate you being on here. Yeah. Thanks for having this me. This was very informative. Yeah. And I know you said you only scratched the surface, which yeah, yeah. just blows my mind. Well, I'm here <laughs> till the second if you guys want to do it again. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. We could. Sure. I feel like we could totally have a no, part two yes. of this. Yeah. I mean, I definitely yeah. <laughs> Shelby's going to go home and like write a list of questions. <laughs> <laughs> will, Please do. Probably yeah. go home and Google. Like, yeah. Yeah. Well. Thanks again for being on. Yeah. yeah thanks thank for you having so much. me. I appreciate it. We appreciate it too. You'll yeah. be back on before the second. For sure. <laughs> Definitely. Thanks, Aunt oh, Claire. You're oh, yeah. so Thanks, welcome, Josh. You're so welcome. I am the best, you know. <laughs> the first one to repeat. 
Yeah. The second one I mean, over there. Bro, other than all of y'all, mm. of course, the yeah, host. Of course. Obviously. Repeats every week. <laughs> y'all should be proud. We'll be back next week. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure you hit that subscribe button. <laughs> yep. Subscribe bus. Everybody jump on it. And rate and review. Oh, rate and review, please. Bye. 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 <laughs> this is a mistake. I don't think my parents yeah. talked to me about it. Like, I started my period at camp, and a counselor was like, don't yeah. squeeze your muscles when you're putting in your tampon, because oh, I want to so go on the bed. Uh, <laughs> don't squeeze your muscles. But I remember I used to, because, like, you want to, like, protect yourself, because yeah, yeah, you're putting yeah. this thing in your body. It's yeah. foreign but object, It yeah. doesn't, it won't go, like, it'll make it more painful. Yeah, yeah. My yeah, mom literally up. handed me a tampon and the instructions and said, here no. you go. <laughs> yeah, I remember I was she like, told me what, yeah, she did the same <sighs> thing. She was but, terrible. I only stuck it halfway in. <laughs> Ooh, that's, that hurts. Yeah, mm. that's worse. That hurts. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, that hurts. <laughs> I, I used to take showers with my, with my dad when I was little. Like, I feel like that's a common thing. Yeah, and I remember, like, at one it. point, I, like, just looked at my dad and be like, what's that? Because, you know, mm. your that head's right there. Yeah, shower. <laughs> he picked me up and sat me out of the shower, and I never <laughs> took a shower. Oh, my God. That's so funny. <laughs> he was, like, waiting for, for the sure. day yeah. when that happened. He was like, all right, this is over now. And it's a stage of over. Jimmy didn't, like, address it. And then, like, never would let me take a shower with him again. Yeah, fair reason. She's an adult now. Yes, (laughs) exactly. It's a business.